It is good to be back. Die on this hill. Your host, Eric Tressler, back today with a quick one, but a fun one. My co-host today, Eric Pfeiffer, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Doing good. Getting uh, into some NHL, which I'm excited about, and even more excited to talk some All-Star games. So let's do it. Let's do it. I, to me, it's the most exciting All-Star weekend there is. We can debate that. Anyway, all right, so is there a specific part of this weekend? Because before we get to the game itself, I know Kucherov had an interesting stance um, during the skills competition that I know we want to get into. So I'm wondering, where do you stand? Because I'm about to die on a hill here. And before I do, I want to know where you stand with how uh, Kucherov performed during these NHL uh, games. Well, right before, right before that, I just want to say, like, I was actually very impressed. I mostly got to watch the skills competition. Unfortunately, I didn't get to catch any of the all-star games, but, you know, three on th- I was going to watch it on YouTube tomorrow. Uh, that's how I kind of catch up on things. I don't always have time with the kids, you know, to sit down and watch the all-star stuff. But uh, I definitely caught the entire skills competition on YouTube this morning. YouTube is a beautiful thing. By the way, you can find our podcast on YouTube as well at Die on This Hill. Just, just people want to search for our podcast there as well of course they do uh anyway so uh, what i really liked about the skills competition was they took some input from the players and they wanted to make it more exciting like the way i felt about the skills competition the last couple of years was they were trying a lot of different things that made it kind of choppy like they were going outside doing things off the ice so they they crunched it down but they also took the players input on drills and and some of the some of the competitions that they should have which i thought made it a lot more fun and it made the guys most of the guys more interesting more well, interested in it and we can get into this that, aspect of it though because real quick before you even move on i heard it was more designed yeah. by mcdavid than anybody else uh, they asked everybody. I mean they they obviously took the best player in the world's advice as much as possible but uh, as he even said, a lot of the players had input on it. But, yeah, McDavid had probably, I would imagine, the most input on it. And and who ended up winning this, player. by the way? Ah, uh, McDavid. Yeah, I'm just going to say that maybe, maybe. I mean, this would be like, I, I'm going to equate it to something. I mean, this would be like them adding, you know, because they added a whole bunch of new drills and competitions. What if they added a little milky sauce here? What if, what if they, you know, added a little bit of your game? I mean, I'm sure you would end up a favorite here. So, I mean, that's where, like, if McDavid's going to pick the games and kind of help come up with the games, then he goes on to win it. It's kind of well, like, eh. They kept some of the other, you know, they kept the fastest skater. They kept some of the other stuff in there. But, yeah, like the, the stick handling competition where they had to stick handle through the pucks and then go up around the pylons back. Like, that stuff that he does in the offseason. Um, so he's very familiar with that drill, but in his defense, that's the type of drill. Like, I mean, I worked at a hockey camp out in Minnesota. Like we ran that drill, like we videotaped kids. We ran that drill and we made them watch. That was one of the things we made them watch back. Um, so it's something that you've done since you were a youth hockey player. It's not anything new. It's just, he really, really works on that specifically with, I'm sure multitude of other things. Um, But I just thought it was interesting the way that they narrowed it. They didn't have all the players out there 
competing against each other. It was a, it was an overall competition. So there were eight events, the first six, and then the final, the, the last two were the finals, right? So um, I liked what they did with where they had 12 players. Um, not everybody had to suit up and get out there and kind of sit there for a couple hours and, and maybe compete in one drill. Like everybody was involved the entire time who was suited up playing. Um, and uh, the interesting thing to me was, the NHL chose 10 guys and then the fan vote was for two guys. Right. So I think, I believe that the fans voted for JT Miller and Matt Barzell because those weren't the ones listed on the original 10. And what's interesting to me is Kucherov was listed on one of the original 10. Another interesting thing to me was uh, Sidney Crosby didn't participate, but he was there throwing passes and, and, you know, being a face of the league. And then Connor Bedard, the new sensation rookie sensation in Chicago was also there, but not participating in the skills competition, but suited up and throwing passes. So the NHL got their face time with those guys. And I think, Crosby's at that superstar level where if he didn't feel like competing in there, he could probably tell the league office, look, I don't want to do all that. You know, I'll go out there, I'll smile for the cameras and, and pass a couple pucks to these guys, but I don't feel like skating around doing all that. Like I can understand him being at that level. Unfortunately for Kucherov, he's not at that level. He's a great hockey player, but he's not at the superstar level where he can tell the NHL, yeah, no, I don't want to do it. So they put him in there. I'm not sure if it was that he wasn't happy about being involved in it. I don't know if he got into Tom Wilson's cooler and had a couple tall boys before he got no, out No, he wasn't there. into it. Know. He flat out said it, too. He didn't like the fact that, like, he had to sit around for, like, an hour and a half between, like, drills sometimes. Right. And he just – he wasn't into it, and he knew he wasn't going to win the million dollars. He knew he wasn't going to be really be a winner in this thing. So he kind of just mailed it in. He kind of just was like, I'm, I'm good. I'm just going to be here. I mean, it shows in some of the effort. I mean, ESPN was all over yeah. him during the broadcast, um, whether it was Messier yeah. or, or Bucheros, um, all over him during the broadcast. They, they they were, you know, they were correct in what they were saying. He was definitely dogging it, definitely not giving maximum effort, definitely not trying, and he'll be the first to tell you that. So I just wonder, right. like, again, why have a guy there who doesn't want to be there? And that's where, like, I understand what you're saying. Like, oh, well, you got to do it. You're part of the NHL, you know. But but at the same time, like, well, if you're going to get that kind of effort, then is it even worth having? Because nobody, fans included, are there to see that kind of effort. Well, and that's the thing, too. Like, it was in Toronto, which the last two years in the playoffs, uh, in 2022, Tampa knocked Toronto out of the playoffs. And then in 2023, uh, Toronto knocked Tampa out of the playoffs. Right. So, uh, they're, they're rivals. It's, it's a guy that the fans in Toronto probably do not like very much. So he was, he was hearing it from them too, not just the ESPN analysts. And I don't know if you know this and maybe not a lot of people know this, but the NHL, if you get put in the all-star game and you choose not to go, that's a one game suspension, either the game preceding the all-star game or the game, right after the all-star well, game. and that's why so he went but i'm not, just saying like it's, that's why he went right and but, that's where i don't know what hill to die on like i don't think like oh, i'm honestly, dying on kucherov so like you're gonna send me there and i don't want to be there no and i'm not right. gonna win this thing then like listen you're gonna get out of me what you get out of me i'm not giving you 110 percent. i'm not getting hurt out here i'm not I'm not wasting right. my time trying to do something that i know one i'm not gonna win and two I don't really care about. So, I mean, if you're forcing me to be here, you it's its like Marshawn Lynch, you know, like I'm, I'm here so I don't get that's, fined. I'm here so I don't well, get that's fined. Well, exactly, that's exactly what I was going to compare it to. It was, it was 
uh, Kucherov doing Marshawn Lynch press conference impersonation. Like, that's the only reason he was there. He didn't want to get suspended for a game. And we're not talking about a guy who doesn't work hard. Like, he took a week off after last season, got knocked out of the playoffs last season, and then rented out a rink in Tampa Bay after that week off and just worked and worked and worked and kept playing and kept working. So it's not like we're talking about a guy who didn't want to put in work. It's just he didn't want to be involved in the skills competition. That's where I struggle, right? Like, on the one hand, I totally understand where he's coming from. On the other hand, you're out there. The kids are watching, yada, yada, yada. But I can't but be mad a at a guy like who feels – Well, that's right. I think you're taking me wrong. Like, I can't be mad at a guy who's – uh, upset that he's basically being forced to do something that he doesn't want to do. And I don't understand where the NHL, you know, like the pro bowl, those guys can decide whether or not they want to go Yep. without any repercussion. I don't know where the NHL has the power to tell somebody that they can't, that they have to be there or they're getting suspended. Like that's pretty wild to me. That's something I think that needs to be talked about a lot more than just Kucherov, you know, maybe giving a half-ass effort during the skills competition. I'd agree there. You know, so like I'm not, that's where I'm like torn because I I totally understand where the player's coming from because I, you know, who who are they to tell him he has to be there? But see, I and think there's a difference between to telling him he has to be there and playing in the all-star game as opposed to you have to be there and do this shit all weekend. Like, you know what I mean? Like right. the skills and competition do. and the game and, uh, you know, if you just told him, listen, you got to show up, you got to play, you're voted into the all-star game, you're playing in the all-star game. Bam. Done. I get that. It's when you add on, it's like telling the NBA guys that you have to be in the dunk competition or you have to be in the three-point competition. I mean, most of the time, you don't get the best dunkers in the NBA. You don't get the biggest stars in the NBA doing those competitions anymore. They say, hell no, I'm not going. I'm not going to waste my time or energy or effort doing that. I'll just show up and wave to the fans and love me the same. I don't need to do that. And that, that, like, you you don't see even Steph Curry in the three-point competition anymore. You don't see some of these guys doing these skill competitions the way that you would want them as a fan to be. But I feel like the NHL is trying to push that on their players. And I don't know which way is better. I'll be honest with you because yes, you want to see the best out there and that's the NHL is giving you. But at the same time, like you could end up with efforts like Kucherov or you could do it like the NBA where they don't require their biggest stars to participate in these things. But at the same time, you know, they're also not really, you know, you're not seeing the best. The fans aren't getting the best of the best out there doing these skills competitions. So then is it really even worth watching in the NBA? So I, I'm torn between it myself because I, but the one hill I'll die on is I 100% stand by Kucherov and what he did and how he did it. Because again, if you're going to tell me that he's going to get fined for not being there and not participating and not doing these things, then show up. Do what you got to do. Give them the bare minimum, and get the heck out of Dodge. You know that's a, that, that, that. I I am one hundred percent on Alexei Kudrov's hill right there, with him. Well, and then that's another thing that I don't understand. Like, if if was there a conversation prior? Like, did when they put out the ten that were going to be in there? Like, did they say, hey, you're going to be in this thing? And then he say, like, oh, I'd really rather not. And then why doesn't the NHL just throw an up-and-coming star like Bedard, who probably would have been more than happy to participate in something like that, into the skills competition? That's another question I have. Like, why wouldn't you have that Batman. young face, the kid you're trying to make, the kid you're trying to make the, the face of the league uh, for the future, foreseeable future? Like, why wouldn't you put him in there? instead of Kucherov and give him the night off and let him hang out with Tom Wilson and, and dip into the cooler and do all that fun stuff, you know, and just be there. I mean, you could see he still had fun hanging out with the guys, 
sitting on the ice. He just didn't want to go 110%. I can't fault him for that. You have a guy the complete opposite of a McDavid who's just a competitor and he wants to go out there and win those things. You know, they thought offer it was funny because the ESPN guy uh, analyst was like, look, they, you know, they offered a million dollars if they win this thing. Well, he makes nine and a half of those a year, so he probably doesn't really care that much, does he? <laughs> well, that's pretty much what he came down to. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, again, I don't fault the guy for it, and I think maybe it'll open the NHL's eyes to to see that they can't really force their players into things. Well, speaking of that, too, because we were talking about the NFL – and they had their Pro Bowl weekend this weekend. And I got to tell you, what a garbage way they're going about things. And not to not to change subjects too far from the NHL, but where I'll agree with you is the NHL is definitely better. Their all-star game is definitely better than the Pro Bowl of the NFL because now they're combining a whole bunch of weird skills competitions and drills and other things. And yeah. they're combining that score along with the game score to, that I did not to, see. To to you know crown a champion. I think the I, I don't I couldn't tell you if the NFC or the AFC won. That to me it's the biggest waste of time in sports. I think it's you know fun for the players. I guess they get to go hang out in Orlando for a few days and, and mess around. Um, you know on Disney. Not even time. Hawaii anymore. No, it's That's it's, crazy. it's Orlando. So it's in Orlando. <laughs> yeah, it's in Orlando. Like they're not even. They're you know like. I don't know. It's wild to me. The only reason I know uh, that the NFC won is because uh, I saw something online that it said that UI beats Payton as a coach for the second time. By the way, did you see? So uh, you, did you see that clip uh, on X that I sent you before? Yeah, I, I did see that. I saw that earlier today. I watched that's it awesome. like four times. I watched the guys collapse onto the ground and uh, Michael Parsons fall down. It was wild. It was pretty funny. Had really me laugh. Funny. I watched it like three or four times just to see all the different guys' reactions. Love Eli. <laughs> But to the positivity, to the positivity, of the NHL thing back to that, like, I, honestly, I, I loved where they went with the skills competition. It was a lot less choppy, a lot less boring. They still were able to get some cameos out there, like some great women's players uh, were able to make appearances and some old retired veterans from Toronto. Because that's where they were, like a Dougie Gilmore and a Steve Thomas were able to make an appearance out there and get a little rise out of the crowd. Ty Domi, uh, so it was good. Was it, was there... I didn't, I did not see a Ty Domi uh, sighting, but maybe. <laughs> but I, I did not see one. They had some of the some of the greats. You know, Ty Domi was a good, a good fighter and a very tough, tough guy. And, and his era was fun to watch from that aspect of it but that's not the league that's not what this league tries to promote anymore so bringing a guy like that out, i don't see them doing that on a big weekend like that but again i do love what they did with it it was just i don't know maybe it's because i watched it on youtube so there's just ads it's not a lot of commercials and stuff like that but um it just felt a lot more a lot less choppy than what i've seen in the last couple of years when they're doing all this they, they tried really hard the last couple of years and they started going more towards like with the nfl you know, and then this year they they narrowed it down. Like I said, eight eight um, events, twelve guys. Top guy, you know, they're all playing each other for a mass total of points. Top guy wins the million. Like that, I thought made it a lot more interesting, a lot more fun. And again, you could see the guys having a lot of fun out there. So uh, I just really enjoyed watching it. All right, oh, did, I, did I see who was it that had the hundred and two uh, mile per hour slap shot? I think that was the hardest of, uh, of the night. Was it Cal uh, McCarr, I believe? Might have been. Yeah, I believe it was Cal McCarr. I just watched it this morning. That shows you how great my memory is. But, uh, yeah, I believe it was Cal <laughs> McCarr. 
uh, really laid into it. You know, um, you could see it's funny because you watch that fastest shot and you could just tell by just the way they get a hold of it that whether it's going to be at that mark or not. But even the announcers were having a lot of fun. You know, it just it felt a lot more fun this year than it had in the past few. Well, that's good. And listen, so, it's supposed to be about fun. It's supposed to be a weekend of fun. And that's why, unfortunately, things like the Kucherov thing make it a little less fun. I mean, fun for us to talk about today, but you yeah, know, a little less I mean, he's fun. He's waving the to the crowd. Yeah. He, yeah, he's waving to the crowd. He still did his part. You know what I mean? He oh, just yeah. Wasn't... He was waving while they were booing him. You know, he, he knew well, what he was crazy... doing, but. <laughs> I don't know if you watched the shooting accuracy competition where they hit the oh, McDavid four killed up. him all four for four, right? They didn't they right, didn't even it, come close to missing. He was uh, you know Kucherov, Kucherov, Kucherov was the first guy to go, right? First two passes goes two for two. I don't know if they didn't start the clock or they were upset because they didn't have a Cheetos target on the net because I guess Cheetos sponsored it, so they stopped him. He went two for two. They blew the whistle, stopped him, and made him restart. So the guy's finally, you know, and not that he's like going 110. percent It's just a, a, a accuracy competition where you're standing still, catching a pass and shooting. But he starts out, he rifles off two for two, and then they stopped him, made him start over. So like they really gave him the bone in the end too. It's just it was wild the way that worked out. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if you saw that part, but like I'm like, guy, right, this guy's at least at least he's fired shots targets you know he's not just like standing there waiting for the time to run out or whatever um he's firing <laughs> at the targets it, probably because he just wanted to go sit down again he probably didn't want to be standing there so he's like oh, i'll just pop four for four and get out of here i don't have to skate for this one and then whistle blows yeah yeah you gotta try it you gotta start over <laughs> like, we didn't, we're not we didn't have the cheetos logo up or, or the clock wasn't started and god forbid you know we, <laughs> we just let you shoot it out and then we could time it from a replay like and whatever the reason was, it was just, it just seemed, I don't know. I don't know if it was on purpose. Like they're like, ah, screw this guy. Or if it was just like an honest mistake that happened. He goes two for two. Just, and then it was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and you can see him just roll his eyes. Like what the hell? But again, like maybe they'll learn their lesson. Like if a guy said, legitimately says he doesn't want to do it. then but if he's still offering to go ahead and play in the all-star game, because I mean, really, the NHL injuries, the way they go is that they don't tell you what the injury is. Like, you know how in the NFL, somebody gets hurt, they tell you, you know, he sprained his big toe or whatever, exactly what the injury is. In the NHL, they just tell you upper or lower body, right? So you play your last game, you come off the ice, say, trainer, I got a, I got a lower body, body injury. Boom, you don't have to go to the All-Star game. So if you really don't want to be there, you could probably just pull something like that. They list it as a lower body injury. They don't tell you what it is. It could be a contusion for all, you know? And then yeah. you don't have to go and you don't have to worry about a suspension. And you get the weekend off. Plus, we're talking, again, we're talking about a guy who took a week off after the season, may have been looking forward to being able to relax a little bit during the All-Star break, um, and then, you know, realizes, oh, man, I, I have to go. You know, I don't have a choice. And that's where he probably just was like, you know what, screw it. Probably on to something there. But, you know, I guess we'll... Uh... We'll have to wait and see if any more on this breaks, but yeah, no, I, yeah, I, think, I think I'm going to get past it. I think so too. Um, I just hope that maybe they learn from this next season. And if a guy really doesn't want to be there, like you said, give the position to somebody who does give it to the kid, Bedard, give it to somebody else. Like give it, get, 
you know, get people in there who want to be there. But at the same time, it's it's hard to say that because you do like seeing the stars, and uh, that is the the most fun part about it is when the stars are facing off against each other in in kind of a head to head, you know, battle. And uh, right. Yeah, well, I'm, you know, I'm excited and, for future and, NHL All-Star games. But again, I do think they're one of the better ones. I would still argue that amongst all All-Star game festivities, to me, the Home Run Derby is still the best, followed by maybe, you know, it, it, I, again, it's hard to say. But in recent years, and especially if this competition grows, this could probably be number two. And then you're looking at like you know three point contest, slam dunk contest after that. But as far as All Star yeah. Game weekend festivities go, those are about the only things worth watching across the board. Well, I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I see what you're saying there, but for and no me, problem. As, as you notice, I didn't notice far, anything NFL. No, nah, yeah, but as far as the game goes, like that's what I think that's what puts it over the top for me for the All Star Game. And I know I said I haven't watched it yet, but All Star Weekend in the NHL for me. The three-on-three with the stars out there being able to just go ham and, and, and use all that open ice. and Not that they're going as hard as they can, but they're using that open ice and they're showing off some real pretty skill. And, and it's a fast game, whether it's 100% or not. If These guys are – their 80% is better than 99.9% of the world's 100%. You know, so – even if they're going down 80, 75, 80%, it's still a fast, high paced, really fun game. But you mentioned, um, you know, all stars facing off against each other. Another thing that came out of this weekend uh, was Bettman and the Players Association came to an agreement where the NHL players are going to be able to go to both the 2026 and 20, 2030 Winter Olympics. And I don't know if you remember, but the last Winter Olympics, the NHL players were not allowed to go. Yeah, uh, the NHL they, and, and to stop their the season. season, but I bet you that they're going to find a way around that because they'll probably take a break in the middle of the season. <laughs> what that. I think they're going to do is is not do an All Star game that that weekend, which costs them money, to be honest. Oh yeah, uh, but I th- I think they're not going to do an All Star game for that. I think there was a lot enough backlash to where, and this is again where I had a problem with with Gary Bettman telling the players that they couldn't go do something that they wanted to do. I understand you don't want to stop your season and you don't want to take the loss. But if these guys want to, that was my big argument when this went down last time is like, if these guys want to go represent their country, who are you to tell them they can't? Um, But I also understand the business side of it and everything like that. But I want to know what you thought about it because, you know, in 2026, like I said, the the players and in 2030, the players are going to be able to go to the all-star game, which I think is great on one hand, because if they want to go, they can go. But on the other hand, it was also pretty cool to see the amateurs get a shot at it. You know, but then I think what ended up happening was some of the other leagues around Europe um, were able to send some of their better players. And, and so it wasn't maybe as fair of a playing field. But then you get to see some underdogs out there. And, you know, I don't know. It just had that feel to it where it was more like a 1980 type style, you know. Uh, where the amateurs were playing instead of the pros. So, like, again, it's another hill I'm having trouble dying on. Like, I'm really happy that these guys have the right to go represent their country if they want, but I was also not totally upset to see the amateurs have a chance to play at that level as well. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, And I, again, that's not a hill I can necessarily, you know, we're going to die on here or there, but as... I'm trying to find the right words here, but I would say that 
it's an important thing to, I feel like, represent your country, do those kind of things. So whether you're amateur, whether you're pro, I think some guys feel that sense of pride and, you know, the NHL not doing it for a few years or, you know, giving them a hard time the last time. And uh, I don't think that was the right way to go about things. These these guys care. They want to be out there. They want to listen. They want to win an NHL championship. Absolutely. But winning a gold medal, too, is could be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And um, I just – I'm glad to see that they work something out. I'm glad to see that uh, they're going to be able to participate um, going forward, and especially in the next two. And, you know, we'll see where it goes from there. I can't imagine that if it works out for the next two that they wouldn't extend that deal longer. Um, or right. indefinitely through other Olympics until an issue arises. But, yeah, so I, I imagine that as long as it works out well, which it should, um, but, again, there's always that risk, and the teams hate that risk of, of an injury, and that's the only thing that you really have to be worried about is you'd hate to lose your star player playing right. in a exhibition, you know, game as opposed to during the season. And, you know, when you're paying well, some of these guys a lot of money, like you were talking about, you know, eight, nine, ten million dollars a year for some of these guys. It can, you know, it's it's a it's a heavy burden for the team, and they got to trust that these guys are going to do right by themselves. Not get, you know, hopefully not get hurt and, and come back still hungry and not too beat up from uh, from the Olympics. Well, and then being able to go out and represent their country makes me think of a guy kind of like let's talk about like a Hendrick Lundqvist, right? He goes to the NHL. He saddled with playing with a poor organization for his whole career in the New York Rangers. They could never get over the top for him. He's one of the best goalies I've ever seen uh, play the game. I could say that now that he's retired. Never would have said it while he was playing. One of the best goalies I've ever seen play the game. Uh, he's playing for a poor organization, I'll say it again, who couldn't get him the Stanley Cup that he deserved. But he was able to go represent, represent his country and upset the world and win a gold with Sweden. Right. So, I mean, you have a guy, you can't win him a cup, but he can go win a gold medal for Sweden. Um, so he had an opportunity to be a they champion. Tried. It wasn't he, like the Rangers know, didn't the Rangers, try he, to put a team. I up. hear you. I'm sorry. I mean, it was just a poor, they tried, but they're a poor organization. They just couldn't get it done. Anyway, that's a biased opinion on my that part. That is a big time um, biased opinion. <laughs> it's a great smack talk. I like to have against Ranger fans. You know, he couldn't even win Lundquist, uh, cup but you know he went out and won the gold so you know it makes me think of guys like that who may not have the chance to win that stanley cup but they still have a chance to go represent their country and bring home a very big big win for their country and i think that means a lot to these guys yeah especially some of the young guys coming in the league i bet you it'd mean a lot to them to be able to play and have that opportunity and to be honest the nhl has a lot of really good young talent right now they have a lot of really yeah. big, good, up-and-coming stars. They're all in their 20s, um, all have a lot of time and, and room to grow, too. So, I mean, it NHL could get real fun in the next couple seasons, um, you know, even more than it is already. So I'm, I'm excited for what the future holds for the NHL and their All-Star game because, again, if this was any indication – of what we could be in store for in years, you know, in future years, then I agree with you. I think that this format can turn out to be a lot of fun, especially if the guys get well, into it. 
Right. And if they're worried about missing out on their money from their all-star weekend, I mean, this, I, I think 2026 would be a perfect opportunity for them to maybe roll something out as a trial run where a week or two after the Stanley cup finals, have your all-star weekend after the season, let guys have a week or two off, throw a little party, have a, have a party for them. A little all-star a little skills competition, a little fun three on three game with the best players who are, you know, still able to play. Um, it would kind of be tough on the guys who just went through that grueling, you know, Stanley Cup run, especially the losers uh, of the Stanley Cup because they played the, all those extra games. But it's an opportunity for them to roll it out and see what it would look like if they did it at the end of the season instead of breaking their season, you know, which is probably a nice break for the guys. They probably don't mind well, it. For the guys that are involved in, you know, everything else, you know, you know, this whole All-Star weekend, yeah, it's not really a break for them. And, yeah, that's a lot of the big right. stars. But, uh, I mean, specifically ta talking, you know, Rangers, you know, the way we were a minute ago, a guy like Lindgren has now gotten been able to get healthy and been able to, right. you know. So, I mean, this kind of break can be a good thing for some of these players. And I actually like it in the middle of the season. Um, I like cool. a little bit of a break. I like that it breaks it up. Because, to be honest, in baseball, you play 162 games in 180 days. And that's including yeah. the all-star break. So, I mean, if you didn't have that three, four days of an all-star break, I mean, the grueling grind. And, I mean, you know, same. They play 82 at the NHL and in basketball. If you don't have that middle-of-the-season break, I think that it could really grind on guys. I think you need to give them a couple days to just let their bodies relax a little bit, you know, rest up, you know, get a little bit more healthy, and then have a good second push. I think if you try to ride everybody straight through and then have an all-star game at the end, you're going to end up like football where nobody gives a damn because that's exactly right. what and the then, NFL, NFL does now because they're not going to waste time in the middle of a season beating up guys playing an all-star game or a Pro Bowl or whatever, so they push it to the end of the right. year, put it in this stupid gap week at, between the Super Bowl and, and the championship games, and nobody gives a damn. Nobody tunes in. Nobody you end up watched. seeing highlights. I mean, the best highlight I saw was Eli's little rap there. That, that's about the best highlight I saw out of the yeah. weekend. You know, I can care less about Geno Smith throwing interceptions and, you know, Baker Mayfield being, you know, accurate. And, you know, I, none of that interests me. Because, again, we're talking about guys Lord. like Baker, Mace, Baker Mayfield and Geno Smith because the top guys like Lamar Jackson and other people, that's why C.J. Shroud was there because Lamar Jackson backed out. A lot of the big guys back out. They don't want to deal with it at the end yeah. of the year. They've had a tough, long year. They're, even though it's a fun time, and, yeah, they're just down in Orlando, you know, laughing it up at Disney, it's still not what they want to do at the end of the year. They want to go somewhere else. They want to do something else. They want to break. And that's why well, I disagree with moving it, trying to move any of these to the end of the season, because I just think you're going to run into that same problem where nobody's going to give a damn probably. once it's all over. Right. Yeah. I mean, and that's a tough thing, too, because you're looking at the, the NHL playoffs ending in the summer. So that makes it even more difficult. Like, you know, people are getting into their summer things. They're going to the beach. Like how many people are really going to watch, sit down and watch the All-Star Weekend? Like right now it's cold out. People in most of the country are you know, half the country, people are staying inside and they're willing to stay inside and watch something like this. But, um, you know, it's just something, it was just a thought that if they really wanted to try it, they could try it in 2026, see what it looks like. Like you said, it would probably not be the greatest thing, but it gives them an opportunity at some of the revenue that they're missing out on because there will still be people who watch. Um, so it is a chance for them to 
give it a shot. And then when you talk about the NFL skills competition, like, let's be honest, the, the accurate passer thing is as big of a joke as to where Dan Orlovsky had the highest score. An ESPN analyst who was a terrible NFL quarterback went out and did it and scored more than all the active quarterbacks who were there. So uh, that pretty much tells you about that competition. Dan motherfucking Orlovsky. <laughs> like, come on, bro. Uh, man. Mr. Owen 16 himself. Yeah, that's it, dude. And then so he had the highest score in the competition. I don't know. I didn't see it. Just somebody at work told me about it. I don't know why he was out there throwing a football or whatever, but that's what had happened. Um, and then the last thing I, I want to bring up is is um, there was a question posed to Gary Bettman uh, on an interview I was listening to on my way home over the weekend about the uh, NHL kind of doing what the NFL does and having a game or two over in Europe or three or whatever over in Europe um, to generate some more interest overseas. And uh, he's like, uh, Batman basically, who I'm not the biggest fan of Batman, but he kind of uh, gave a backhand slap to the NFL a little bit, not too much. He's like, look, we play an 82 game season. We don't play once a week. So the logistics of scheduling a game overseas, number one, is tough. Number two, they have their, in Europe, they have their own professional structure. Um, cause they, one of the questions was about a, a possible NFL franchise going over to Europe and what he thought about a possible NHL franchise going over to Europe, because they have a, a great professional structure all throughout Europe because we have no reason to go over there. We have interest from over there. People, you know, love the sport over there. And then that professional structure they have is what develops players. And, and we get some great players out of that. So we wouldn't want to go over there and topple what they already have by putting our, order. we don't need that. He's like, we get great players from those professional leagues that they have over there. There's enough. We don't need to go and do that. So it was sort of felt like a little bad, like we don't need to topple their professional leagues by sending ours over and, and dominate the world in hockey. Um, we get what we need out of that and, and we're happy with it. So uh, it felt a little bit like a backhanded slap to the NFL from Gary Bet Commissioner Gary Bettman to Commissioner Roger Goodell. Goodell sucks. And to be honest, um, the NFL will never, ever, ever be a global sport, no matter how much they push it, no matter how much they try. The Super Bowl is one day a year. Everybody can tune into that. But uh, as far as actually following American football, it's never something the rest of the world's going to do. I, I will always die on this hill. I've beaten this, you know, like a dead horse for years that it, I, I, I don't understand it. I really don't. I, I don't understand why the NFL thinks that it needs to be a global sport. You'll never be a global sport when most of the countries around the world can't afford to play your sport. They can't afford the goalposts. They can't afford the fields, the equipment, let alone necessary to play the game of football. There's a reason soccer is the number one sport in the world. It's because all you need is a ball. Flat ground is optional. Like, you, you just need a ball. You need something round to kick around. Like, that's it. Like, it's it, that yeah. you could play it anywhere. And that's why it's the global yeah. sport. That's why it's the sport it is, because everybody can play it. It's not, it's not American football. American football, the way we know it, if, we, if they tried to make it a global sport, America would dominate it for the next 50 years until the rest of some of these countries catch up. But these countries will never pour the amount of resources into American football because they're already pouring those resources into soccer, which is the biggest sport in the world. 
So why are they going to pour right. money into it, it? It makes no sense. And this is why yeah. when they try to push a team in London or they try to push a team in Mexico or they try to push a team into another country, it's a dumb idea. These other countries don't care about football the same way we care about football. The Super Bowl is an event that's different. But the actual right. sport of football, nobody gives a damn outside of America. And I hate to tell well, you, like, even- I don't know how many times I, I could beat Roger Goodell over the head with it. But it, the, like I understand they want to keep growing and growing and growing. The best way they could grow right now is keep attaching themselves to T-Swift. Keep making sure Kelsey doesn't screw that <laughs> relationship up. Because that will make the NFL more money than putting a team in London. That will make right, more money. We'll, that will grow more fans because you will get more young women as fans because of that than you will trying to start a franchise in another country. It is stupid, and I don't know why they keep pushing it. It will always, always annoy me. Oh, it's the same thing with the Pro Bowl. Like, why do you keep pushing this Pro Bowl thing? Like, name them all pros, tell them they're Pro Bowl players. Nobody really wants to watch it. See, the difference between... The other three sports that we mentioned in baseball, basketball, and hockey is that an individual can go out in those uh, and hit a home run or, or make a big catch or, um, you know, make a play. Whereas the X's and O's in football, like nobody's tuning in, you know, you can have the common fan in those three sports tune into an all-star game and enjoy it. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not the biggest baseball fan. I'll sit down and watch a game. Yeah. Here, for here and there, I'm not going to watch 162 games, and that's just my prerogative, but I will watch the home run derby. Um, I'll watch those guys have fun playing in, a, in an all-star baseball game. Same thing with the basketball skills competition. I'll, I don't watch a lot of basketball. I'm not the, it's not my sport, although it's very similar to hockey and the strategies and things of that nature. Uh, basketball is not my thing, but I enjoy the three-point, the dunk competition, and the things that those guys, the skill sets that those individuals have that you're showing off in a skills competition. When it comes to football, like nobody's tuning. The common fan is not tuning in to watch a great five-yard out be run. You know, the things that happen that are amazing in football, like spectacular catches and things like that are, are, you know, things that happen naturally on the field in the game. And you can't replicate what happens in football in a game that's amazingly skillful. You can't replicate that in a skills competition in that particular sport, which is why I think it'll never work. Now, some of the events that I did see clips of, like it looked like they were just trying to have a little bit more fun with it. That's cool and all. But, you know, if you're trying to, have a skills competition in football. Like I said, you just can't replicate what happens naturally in a game uh, in those skill sets into a skills competition and make it interesting. All right. Well, I agree with you there, my friend. So with that said, I think, I don't know, unless you got anything more, I'm ready for the Diana Hill question, question of the night. What do you think, man? Do you think uh, you asking if people side with side with um, Kucherov, or are you asking, you know, what's the best All Star weekend, or or you got something totally different teed up? Well, no, no, I want, I want. So here's what we're gonna do: we're gonna do a poll question, and we're gonna do a question of the week. So we're gonna do the die on the hill question of what we started this podcast on. Do you agree with how Kucherov? Uh, acted and performed this weekend in the All-Star game. Okay. And then the second one, the poll will be, which All-Star game or which All-Star 
weekend activity is your favorite? And we will list off the skill NHL skills competition, the NBA skills competition, and the uh, home run derby. All right. And those are going to be our That's questions. Cool. Not, questions for we're the not night. Even gonna, we're not even going to give people the opportunity to vote for the Pro Bowl because nobody will anyway. No, because it sucks. Well, I'm so. telling you now, I'm going to go on and vote. <laughs> you know, in case we don't get many voters, at least I can sway hockey a little bit. We've been getting like four or five voters a clip. We've, we've been doing all right. There we've, you go. We're getting some voters. We're getting some comments, too. Keep the comments, questions. Keep the feedback coming in. Uh, follow us on, um, always uh, uh, on Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, YouTube, at Die on This Hill. Um, you know, till next time, you can find me on X at The Living Legend, uh, Fife at Fife 04 and Fife 04 Twitch underscore Twitch. If you find yourself, you know, scrolling around and see him. Feel free uh, the to Twitch know. one will probably end up getting deleted. I don't. Uh, I don't generally do the. I used to do a lot of the video game and stuff, so the Twitch thing was a fun thing. But it'd probably just be at Fipo Four, and then you have my counterpart who couldn't make it tonight, but uh, at Larry Schmel Rose is also there on X. He'll be making an appearance at some point. Usually, he waits till playoff hockey to come around. Uh, all the way from Saskatchewan, he's he's our favorite uh, degenerate gambler. And, yeah, it's tough uh, to get that listen, horse I'll and tell you what, see, see if you could call him. He doesn't need to get on, but see if you can call him and get a Super Bowl pick for us. I will, I will. See if you can call him, get him yeah. a Super, get a Super Bowl pick by Wednesday for us. Yeah, it's tough for him to get to the States on that horse and buggy through all that snow, you know. That's what I mean. But, you know, if you could just, you know, tin can him, you know, homing pigeon, whatever, whatever you do to get a message up there into Saskatchewan, let's see if we can get a response by Wednesday on his Super Bowl pick. You got it. All right. Um, thanks for joining me. And until next time, uh, you know, find a hill and die on it. You got it, brother. Thanks for having me.